Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today, it is April the 20th, 2018, 420 for those of you who maybe that means something to. Um, speaking of 420, that's kind of RVD's day, right? Rob Van Dam for us pro wrestling fans, RVD 420. And it's only fitting. I had Rob Van Dam's friend, Jeff Meacham, on my show today. Uh, going full circle, the first time I ever saw anything um, Jeff Meacham ever did, like any of his work, it was an interview he did with Rob Van Dam years ago. It had to have been at least 10 years ago now. But things go full circle. Uh, Jeff is a friend of mine and a friend of the show. He came back on today to just talk general pro wrestling stuff. You know, we talked about stuff that's been going on, uh, mainly surrounding WrestleMania season, uh, you know, the fallout of WrestleMania season, as well as the superstar shakeup and that kind of stuff. We just went right off the cuff, just had a normal conversation about pro wrestling, and it was a lot of fun, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. Before we get started with this conversation with Jeff Meacham, I just want to give a shout out to my sponsors, starting with Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HL Pro Wrestling. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for all your fantasy pickums for pro wrestling. The um, greatest Royal Rumble ever event pick'em contest is available right now at WrestleRumble.com. You do not want to miss out. I've been talking about it for weeks now. I actually won the NXT Pick'em Contest and won a replica NXT Championship belt, like the real deal, like the like three $350 version of that title. And that's not me bragging to brag. That's me, well, a little bit because, you know, I like being right on these pro wrestling picks and I like winning money and prizes from WrestleRumble.com. But that's the reason I bring it up is because you can win too. Anybody can win. If you know about pro wrestling, there is a lot of cash and a lot of prizes up for grabs at WrestleRumble.com. Not just for this contest, but for all their contests. So make sure to stay up to date with everything they do on Twitter at WrestleRumble. And last but not least, shout out to Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is a USA boxing coach. He's a cornerman. He helps with personal training, MMA training, really whatever you're looking for. If you just want to get in better shape, he's great for that as well. So the best way to hit him up is follow him on Instagram. It's at Atlanta Boxing Coach. All spelled out is one word, at Atlanta Boxing Coach. And just hit him up. He'll get in contact with you and make something happen. If you're in or around the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can meet with you in person. But he can help you remotely from anywhere. So just contact him. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Brian Jensen is the guy for you. So with that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast with me, my friend Jeff Meacham, the host of Talk Wrestling. For those who are listening, this isn't live just yet. You know, it'll I'll, I'll uh, play this probably later tonight or tomorrow. But this is Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com that I've got. Uh, once again, here on the podcast, I'm not sure how to intro you this time, Jeff, because I usually intro you with your uh, all of your you know trivia challenge accolades. But uh, oh, you, <laughs> no, oh, no. It's, it's 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 rough, man. I, I'm no longer atop the throne, atop the mountain, on the throne. It's 
it's a uh, it's a rough because but you know what Greg uh, Greg definitely proved his worth. He beat both of us, Chris and I both. So you know you can't you can't take that away from him. He is the undisputed No DQ Wrestling Trivia Champion, and hopefully season four is uh, season four is off to a great start. And uh, I know Greg will continue on the legacy that that we we, we tried to build the first three seasons. Yeah, man. I, I mean, and you know, I talked to you after, uh, just a little bit after, uh, you know, your last competition with Greg. And, um, you know, I said that I hope that it's just a temporary, you know, uh, kind of, not, not a retirement, you know, not a full retirement, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, someone comes around and can take down Greg. Not, not that I dislike Greg, but I hope he has some competition out there. And I know that he does. I've seen some really good people on the show. And, you know, I think, I feel like the only reason that you're taking a break is because Greg's the champion, not, not that you're ducking Greg, but there's that stipulation in there where you're kind of, you kind of got your hands tied right now. So, well, let me, let me set the record straight right here on your show, you know, in public, if you will, as Dusty would always used to say, um, I am enjoying watching the show with Greg and I have zero desire to return to the title, um. Only because I I did I had I had my run and Greg has proven twice now that he is he is the guy to beat. You know, Nate always said to be the man, you have to beat the man. He beat the man twice, so I am perfectly content watching the show and being a consultant and sending me questions when I can and just being a a a, a uh, vested audience member. Right. Okay, cool. Hey, well, I like to hear that, man. I'm glad that uh, you're enjoying kind of the time off right now, and there's no hard feelings. Oh, Steven, oh, no, 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 no. Time off is a very uh, negative word because it doesn't exist. Oh, what? Well, I, I, I only mean from a competition standpoint, Jeff. I don't mean well, total time well, off. Well, well, you know, the, 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 the quote Jeff Meacham used the thing. Um, you know, I can step away from the trivia, and, that, and that's a wonderful thing, but we still have the dirty Okay, I like that. And give give me the time one more time. I know it's recorded and people hear that, but just so I can write that down real quick. It is it, it is two thirty p.m. Eastern, eleven thirty a.m. Pacific Standard Time, or the other time, whatever the hell it is this time of year. Um, yeah, that, that should be the time every Friday going forward. Like I said last week, I was supposed to do the show on Thursday. I woke up Thursday with no voice, and people are like, "You flaked again." I'm like, "No, my body decided it didn't want to freaking talk." Okay, so. <laughs> right. I, I know and, how that goes. And if, if Jeff Meacham can't talk, there's a serious problem with doing the talk show. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know, I know how that goes, man. That's hilarious. Um, Well, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, did, I didn't prepare for this at all just because I figured we'd sit down, we'd, we'd, talk, <laughs> we'd talk some wrestling, just whatever kind of came to mind. Um, Really, really, uh, there's a lot going on. So anything on your mind or, you know, I can throw out some topics or whatever you want to do, man. Well, it's, you know, I... Superstar Shakeup review with No DQ uh, yesterday's show. If you're if you're watching if you're watching the day it's posted, it was Thursday's show. Aaron worked hard. We did it late last night uh, on the East Coast for uh, for Virtue's time and for uh, Tyler's time. But uh, he got it up last night. It was awesome. I got to watch it back. It actually, it 
it seemed longer than it was. I mean, yeah, we went over an hour, but it seemed like I was sitting in that chair for almost two hours because there was so much to talk about. Yeah, remember, this, these, these superstar shakeups, the draft, whatever you want to call them, depending on what year it is, they call them different things. They, they, they try to make us believe that everything is going to change. That, you know, when they first did the draft lottery, where, you know, where it all begins again in 2004, it's like we're, we're led to believe that there are huge changes coming. And yes, 30 something people moved between Monday and Tuesday. They moved up from NXT, they moved from Raw to SmackDown, and vice versa. But I, I am the most cynical, pessimistic person when it comes to this because, you know, I, I want to believe so bad that we're going to see new feuds and fresh ideas, things like that. But they haven't had anything like that. They've done the Superstar Shakeup now for the last three years. Right. So what, what leads the viewer, me or, you know, the casual viewer that watches here and there to believe they're going to tune in on a random Monday, Tuesday and catch something they haven't seen before? Right, right. Yeah, and, man, I will say, because I know I, I figured you've been talking a lot about the Superstar Shake-Up, and i got to catch up on uh, my NoDQ stuff. Uh, I actually started the new Trivia Challenge, but then got busy and couldn't finish it. So I still don't, I still don't know who uh, who won between... I always forget the dude's name, the the other, not Greg, the, uh, wait, no, sorry, Chris, 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 that guy's really good, really good. Yes, Chris Cass, also a former WWE wrestling trivia champion. Yep, absolutely. Um, it is, it is, it is a fun match, you should definitely get to take the time, when you have this, I know you're a busy man yourself with the job that you have, so, when you have a moment, go sit down and watch it, it's good stuff. Of course, of course, and as far as, like, the superstar shakeup goes, I'll just give you my opinion real quick on just, like, just kind of the first thing that comes to mind. I really think that SmackDown loaded up. Like I yeah. was, I was really surprised. I saw a really funny tweet. I can't, I wish I could give the person credit who said this, but um, I saw something out there that was like, man, why would Vince stack SmackDown up so much? And then the response was like, but I bet you Vince doesn't think he just did that to SmackDown. Like he probably doesn't even realize like what he's, what he's done. Like he doesn't, he probably doesn't even see the star power that he's, because basically, like, for people like me and you, Jeff, SmackDown is, like, I mean, that's, like, our old, like, ROH and indie scene from years ago. It was, like, uh, now I on SmackDown. Say, SmackDown is the indie darling wet dream all of a sudden. Yes. We've got Styles and Joe and Brian and Miz, who started as independent. He started from scratch. God bless him. Yep. You know, and they've got all these people now that are in NXT call-ups. And it, SmackDown got Almas, and they got, uh, you know, it's it's... It's gonna, and I got sanity. It's gonna be a very interesting show because you have a lot of different. You know, you got you know, the big names from TNA have come into WWE now, and you know they're on both brands, and they've got people from NXT coming up, and they've got independent people coming in that have been there for a while. It's gonna be very interesting on the SmackDown side. I, I, we said last night on No DQ Review that SmackDown clearly won the Superstar Shakeup in terms of picks. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Because in my opinion, you know, like. Raw has some great stuff. I mean, they have a they have a very good roster as well, but they, you know, maybe it's just the feeling I'm getting, but I feel like they moved a bunch of people over to Raw that they not necessarily couldn't get over on SmackDown, because that's not necessarily the case with everybody, but it's like they put a bunch of kind of like mid-card acts or, or acts that they're kind of like, we're not really sure if this is going to work or not, so we'll put it on Raw, see if, you know, the Monday night crowd, you know, more eyes on it maybe, but you know, and I, and 
But it was really odd to me because to me, SmackDown, or sorry, Raw rather, aside from, you know, little little spurts here and there, Raw's always been the flagship show of, of WWE, and that's always kind of where I expect the kind of the bulk of the superstars to be. And maybe that is the case still, because they still have, of course, like the Brock Lesnar's, Roman Reigns, those kind of guys, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. There's a lot there's still a lot of people there. But when I look at the SmackDown roster, like that's really those are all the I mean those are pretty much all the people I want to watch. Like I still, I still have, like I said, there's still people on Raw that I want to check out, and I'm still gonna watch the show. But SmackDown just became so much more interesting. I'll tell you who who really put it over the top for me is Samoa Joe. Just knowing oh, yes. how many oh, yes. potential feuds there are for Samoa Joe on SmackDown is just super exciting for me. Samoa Joe was never gonna go anywhere as long as Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns were at the top of the Raw food chain. Right. It wasn't gonna happen because Vince loved both those guys. He gets a chance now on SmackDown to face AJ and face Brian and face Miss, you know, and, and, and yeah, this is on Raw with it, but Joe was hurt for most of it last year. Right. So, like I said, the Superstar Shake-Up needs to be about fresh faces, fresh ideas, fresh, 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 not refresh, not reduce, not, you know, rehash. Because you, 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 you only think good rehash is hash browns. Even that's a little shit. <laughs> I felt the same way, you know, and I, and I know a lot of people online feel feel the same way we do about that because I saw a lot of tweets about that, too. It was just like as this was happening, people just saying like you have like if the writers screw this up, like there's a serious, serious problem with the writing staff, like because well, the talent I mean, alone. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether I did it unconsciously or subconsciously the other day. I actually watched the Paul Heyman documentary that WWE produced just before uh, Raw. Nice. I, I, I watched him during my remodel over the weekend. It was kind of, I kind of had him on tonight. Paul, Paul in the background is good because you can kind of hear nuggets here. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, Paul's a good storyteller. Yeah. Um, sure. But I remember, him, I remember him saying that Nitro was not the only show to beat Raw. Because when he was the head writer of SmackDown, SmackDown beat Raw at live events, merchandise sales, etc., and ratings. Yep. And, and that pissed people in the in the tower off because smackdown was always the bitch show and paul Heyman he felt was put in charge to make raw smackdown's bitch right and that's it's exactly what he did during the time he was the head writer i mean think, think about think about after the draft and who was on smackdown in 2002 hogan rock angle um, Undertaker came over later in the dra- later in the year, you know, and they, they had the, the stacked uh, spa- uh, tag team division. They had the United States Championship after a year. They had the show that you want. They had Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit came over early on in the thing. And, you know, they had all the talent that in Edge was there. Edge really started coming in his own on SmackDown before he got hurt with Raw a couple years later. Right. The, you know. The, the, they had a quote, the SmackDown Six. I forget who all was in the SmackDown Six. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, Angle, Angle, and Benoit, uh, Mysterio, and Edge, and the Guerreros. Yeah. Yep. So those six guys were allowed to spread the proverbial wings and fly as only those six guys could. And with Paul at the helm, SmackDown 
became a juggernaut. Whether, yeah. Whether oh, yeah. WWE was submitted or not, SmackDown was beating Raw at every turn. And people WWE went, whoa, we can't. This breaks, breaks, about the breaks. And they flipped. Because, and they flipped because Paul wasn't being the corporate guy. He was being Paul. Now, we have a situation now where SmackDown is stacked. And they have people in the writing offices and in the writing uh, chairs that are WWE's people, not Paul being told, Paul, you should do this. And Paul's like, well, I'm going to do it my way. And we'll see what happens. This is now WWE's chance to show, you know, or the, the, the writers now to show Vince that we can do this if you give us the right people. Now, we all know Vince is in charge of the writing stuff anyway because it's Vince McMahon. Right. But I think, but it may, maybe it's me, and I, I, I want to believe this. Maybe Vince is almost challenging himself. It's like, okay, people think of SmackDown as the bit show, even though Andy's been there for a couple of years, and it's the house that AJ Styles built. People look at people look at SmackDown as the B show. Let's challenge that. Let's bring over Samoa Joe. And let's bring over guys from NXT. Let's bring over Brian and think of her, you know, let him wrestle full time again. So it'll be very interesting what happens over the next 12 months before WrestleMania. Dude, and I remember back in that time uh, that we're talking about when Heyman was in charge of SmackDown. Like in that time frame, like SmackDown was so good, and the talent was so over, and the writing was so good that I remember a scenario where, like, uh, Chavo Guerrero got injured or something like that, and they were able to insert Tajiri into a team with Eddie Guerrero, and like, and it was like right, and it was like it was like that. No one lost a step, you know. Like it was like. And they became a great tag team. You know, like, they could make pretty much anything work at that time. Think about it. Eddie went from teaming with Chavo, and they were quasi-baby. And then they were, they were tweeters. And then Chavo got hurt, and Tajiri slipped into the, this team, and they became tag team champions. And they were huge. They were over. And then they lost the tag titles, and Eddie went to Tajiri, and Eddie just, if you remember, bludgeoned Tajiri over the side of the lowrider. Right. And yes. Then, and, then, and then it went right into, okay, Eddie's, Eddie's a bad guy now. He's going to be U.S. champion. And then Chavo came back to help Eddie with the feud with Cena, who was bad. And then that turned Eddie back babyface, leading into No Way Out in 2004 WWE Championship win. So it, just, it was just seamless. Boom, boom, boom. What? It, just, it was like, that was two years. You think about it, that was two full years of TV just marking Eddie Guerrero by himself. That's unreal. That was such good stuff. Like, Speaking of uh, of Eddie Guerrero, uh, you know, I know you mentioned Cian Almas uh, getting the call up. You know, I I honestly, and this isn't like a this isn't to like segment anybody as just like like labeling somebody as like Hispanic or white or black or whatever. But but I I have not seen a Hispanic pro wrestler that I've that I think has the potential to be. I'm not saying he's Eddie Guerrero right now, but I'm just saying like I've never seen somebody come around. That I think has that kind of potential, like I see in Cien Almas right now. You know, it's it, it's funny you mentioned Almas because I I did not know this until I was watching. I do my WrestleMania count every year. I watch everything WrestleMania up until the current year shows, including NXT takeovers and the Hall of Fame ceremonies. 
one year ago at NXT TakeOver Orlando, the opening match, I believe it was the opening match, yep. one of the one of the was Andrade Cien Amos versus Aleister Black. Yes, sir. And that was the main event in New Orleans the following year. I was at uh, both, actually. I remember both okay, very, so very vividly. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right, so, so both those guys spent that entire 2017 going into 18 just climbing, 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 almost won the title, climbing, climbing, and they had, you know, you know, we, we call it a climax in the business. You know, it, it's it, it's the it's it's the it's the moment that costs a cigarette and a towel. It's like, oh, <laughs> right. look what they did. It took a year, but both of them, oh my goodness, and now all of us is going to be on SmackDown, and Austin Black's got the title, and he's going to have a thing with Gargano. It looks like, and it's just going to be epic. And that is exactly why people are once again sucking on Triple H's proverbial teeth because he's providing stuff like that. Isn't it funny how, like, just what a world we live in where Triple H was the basically the Antichrist of pro wrestling to, to fans like us for, you know, however many years in, like, the early 2000s. And now he's going to be the one that we're looking at, like, in hindsight years from now as probably the guy who saved wrestling for us. How crazy is that? Let me, I, I, will, I will forever earmark this day in my life and in my history and in my son's life and in his mother's life we went to Vince McMahon's Walk of Fame ceremony when he was part of the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2008 I, I know it's 2008 because Dylan's mom was literally ready to pop moment time she was it, it, it was a matter of when not if at that point um, that she was going to have the baby and we went and we met and we, we both wore DX shirts because she loves Hunter and I just didn't want to wear anything else I DX was probably because Hunter was going to be at the, at the podium anyway. And we waited at the gate there when you separated, you know, the fans from the, the people in, in, the, in the ceremony. And the McMahons walked over after the ceremony was over. And Linda McMahon made it a point to acknowledge Jane because she was in the chair and she acknowledged, you know, thank you for coming to deal with this. He, you know, you look like you're ready to pop. And she, Jane was so grateful that Vincent Shane just kind of walked by, shook hands, did their thing, and then walked to the car. Hunter saw her, saw her behind the sunglasses getting teary, went, made a point to give her a hug and pose for a picture that I had posted. I don't have to post it anymore. And, you know, are you okay? I don't need to cry. And she, she's like, I'm not crying. He goes, you're crying. And, you know, it's just, it's just this moment. And, I, and that's when I separated Hunter, the guy that had pushed talent down, the guy that had been the world champion and, you know, used his influence to, he's just a guy. He's a father, he's a husband, he, he's an executive, but he's still a person. Right. And, yes, we hated Hunter. But you know what? We hated Vince. And you know what? We hated Bischoff. And now we look back and we go, well, Bischoff did this stuff, but, you know, now we look back and go, Bischoff did some interesting, he did some good stuff for the business. Triple H, yes, he was a dominant world heavyweight, big gold belt champion. But you know what? When you look back, it's like, you know, who, who was going to fill that slot? Batista kept getting hurt. And, you know, Undertaker couldn't carry it because he was hurt. And Edge, you know, Ed, Edge was great after Triple H was a world champion. champion. So who was going to be that top guy on Raw? Nobody on Raw, with the exception of John Cena, who came to Raw as Triple H's run on top was ending with the World Heavyweight Championship. You know, they, they, right. they, they needed that guy. And with Undertaker moving to SmackDown, the NWO falling apart, and they did Jeff 2. Triple H was the guy that got put in that spot as the World Heavyweight Champion, and he 
carried that show for three years. And people, oh, you, you know what? It's the nature of the business. Nobody squawked except the people on the inside, inside, when we were kids, about Hogan. Right, right. Very right. good point. Hogan, Hogan was the worst. Right. You know, Hogan would thumb down, you know, nobody gets me, you know, I'll give the Warrior a clean win and, and you know, look how well that went for him. You know, seven months, even, whatever, nine months, he was champion. Well, and even then, he basically kicked out. You know what I mean? Like, it was, exactly. you know, like, it was, like, it was, it was really played off, like, oh, he barely got him, you know, but he's still yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like, he got a 3.01, like, come on, Terry, really? <laughs> right. So, let him have it, but he didn't, of course. So, there's nobody, there's nobody more political than Hogan, and we all know that, and I'm a Hulkamaniac, true, you know, red and yellow, bleed red and yellow until I die. Sure, but, sure. You know, Hunter, Hunter was who he needed to be, and now, you know, Whatever happened in NXT five years, six years ago, it's like Vince is like, here, go for it. This is yours. And look what he's done in six years. Well, yeah, what he's done with NXT is insane. I mean, like, it's really kind of unfathomable, like, to really think about where things like OVW and FCW were, and then to see what NXT started as, and then to yeah. see what it is now, and, and, to, and to know that Triple H... I'd imagine, unless something crazy happens or, you know, Vince winds up selling to an outside company like Disney or something like something like that winds up happening and they wind up making a humongous shift, I would imagine that Triple H is the successor. Like, it's going to be Triple H and Stephanie and then Shane will have some sort of some sort of say in the matter and it would basically be the three of them as the new Vince McMahon, but Triple H really kind of, or Stephanie, but, but Triple H really... Like, if he can take, and I've been saying it for years, and so have other fans, but if 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 this XFL thing, if this new venture with Alpha Entertainment for Vincent Mann is, like, a new thing for him to focus on, and they can just start easing, well, they've already been doing it, but they can really put make that big push of, like, okay, let's take what we're doing in NXT and implement more of this into the main roster, then that, that's what I think they need to be doing, because not... I also understand Jeff though, like you know, on NXT, this is the side of the, this is the side of that fans I don't think fully think about is with NXT takeover shows, which always deliver. Every single NXT takeovers deliver. They've all been great shows, but that's once every two months or so. What we're not seeing is like these guys, while they do travel, they're only having to put out like these type of performances on like. Uh, you know, monthly or bi-monthly basis. It isn't. It isn't like it's like a Raw and SmackDown every single week, and these guys are going out there and having those kind of matches over and over and over again. But it's something. It's almost like we don't really ever see that in WWE to begin with. Like it's like they don't even give us the chance to have that, and the, and they incorporate all these all these extra storylines that we don't really care about to fill up TV time. It's a different thing. But I feel like the actual NXT product, like what they do. Their format, their 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 uh, storyline basis is more based on you know r- climbing up the ladder of rankings to get to a championship. Um, they let their the actual feuds be settled in the ring. Um, that's the stuff that I like. Do you think that that's where it's eventually heading? Is like we're gonna finally at some point in the near future, Triple H is gonna take the reins, and we're gonna see more of an NXT style product across the main roster. Yeah, sorry, I kind of went off no, no, there no, for no, a no, second. No, 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 no. Tr- trust me, nobody's worse at that than me. So, <laughs> uh, I- I'm the worst at going off into the weeds. 
I'll say that this isn't cyclical, and I kind of disagree with that only because if you look at the models of the past, ECW started out as a mom and pop company that came out of TriStar, the top Gordon known that Paulie ran as a, as a booker, as a creative guy. And then as they got bigger, they did more shows, and they did pay-per-views, and they did licensing, and they did different things, and they slow. Paul said it best. They were too small to be big and too big to be small. Right. And it, just, it crushed them under the weight of it all. WCW started out as a company that ran, you know, 300 days a year, and they did pay-per-views, and they were good shows, but they weren't WWE quality. And they suffered from that. And then Bischoff took the reins, cut the house shows, moved the tapings to Disney, and then Universal after that, and ran Nitro, and did, you know, occasional house shows, and did the pay-per-views. And they went off like gangbusters. But Bischoff points this out in his book. The minute TBS went do thunder, Bischoff knew they were dead. He knew, even before Starcade, when they had their biggest show of all time, he knew they were dead in the water. And that's the Starcade with Sting and Hogan? Sting and Hogan. Yeah, okay. Bischoff knew that if they added the second show, which would mean 352 more dates a year for these guys who were getting paid... You know, to work less. You know, it, it, it was going to crush them. And sure, shit, it did. Vince, for all that he's done for the business, at the end of the day, he and his advertisers and the, the stations that the channels that his the networks that his shows run on want more and more and more. It's like, think about it. WWE had as every week five hours. Six if you count 205 Live of hours of first run main roster programming. Yeah. NXT has one. Right. That's a huge, huge difference, of course. And, and NXT has one hour of TV each week to go, okay, this is what we want you to sit. This is going to be in the spotlight. Takeovers in two months, three months, whatever it's going to be. NXT is doing what WWE used to do. They would have the main people on WWF Superstar and occasional, you know, squash matches on Raw, but they would have the model where, okay, this is who we want you to see, this is what it's going toward, here comes the Royal Rumble, here comes WrestleMania, here comes SummerSlam, Rest Survivor Series. NXT runs, takeovers, the big four weekends, usually Money in the Bank weekend. Like, for example, they're going to be in Chicago this year for Money in the Bank, so they usually run a big town like Chicago. Five pay-per-views, if you want to call that, takeovers a year, compared to 12, even 13 or 14. Right. And people want and wonder why the business model on the main roster is not working. Because, think about this way, I, I always point to the WWE book. Television age is different than real age. You look at, take me for example, when I started doing these things, I was not even 20 years old yet. And by the time I was on in front of the camera, I had I was twenty one and a half. I love who I am as a person, but I look much older than thirty five. I have aged on TV and on video more because I've appeared so often. It's only that I scaled back in the last year or so that I, I, I kind of am able to retain what I have left. Think about this. On a given week for the last, except for when he's, I mean, up until two or three years ago, 
John Cena was on every TV show, every single week in every pay-per-view. Now, appearance-wise, he looks like John Cena, but that many shows will wear you down, and as Ron White says, melt the skin off your bones because you're just so run ragged. That's, I mean, great points. Great points. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine what a guy like John Cena feels like, right? Because, like, just with all the all the TV time and then all the travel and just everything that he's involved with, I just can't even, yeah. I'm, I'm so surprised he's even able to, to keep going, man, for this now, long. Now, now, again, I'm not advocating anything going on with John Cena right now. Let me make that crystal fucking clear. Sure, sure, sure. Because, <laughs> you know, there's, stuff right now and that's but you know what i think a lot of that and a lot of what happens with the guys that they end up you know taking their own lives or whatever a lot of it is just burn of the road yeah because i it just these guys travel and they travel and you know oh how was how was barcelona don't know saw the airport don't know saw the saw the hotel don't know saw the arena yeah it, you know it, it's only in the last couple of years few years or so that wwe actually schedules them okay here's some extra time Go see the Berlin Wall. Go see the sites of Madrid. Go see, go see, go see. It's uh, it's interesting that you brought that up because I, I just watched, <clears throat> I don't know how many of them they have online, but I watched, uh, it's like a WWE, uh, it was on YouTube, but it was like, it was made by WWE and it was like a, uh, well, I can't remember what they called it, but it was essentially, uh, basically it was Seth Rollins, but it was showing him as Tyler Black and as uh, a character called Gix before that. And yes, yes. And it was really good. And what you just said kind of reminded me of that because you can even hear when, when Seth Rollins is talking and like, they're just like asking him about, you know, the old gyms that he used to wrestle in and stuff. And like, he's, he's like soaking it in and you can tell he's like, he hasn't even really thought about it at all you know because he's just yeah. moving 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 and he finally has a chance to sit back and go oh my god i've accomplished a lot since this gym that i don't even think about yeah it's it it really doesn't hit me until birthdays like mm. i turned 35 this year dylan turned 10 my son is 10 years old and i look back and go holy 10 what's 10 years where did that 10 years even go yeah, it's it's like, like, wild. I, I remember because the last memory I have before his birth is landing from Orlando, going from Orlando to LAX, leaving for WrestleMania 24 weekend. My dad and I went to the Magic Kingdom that morning. We landed Tuesday night. Dylan was born Friday, and everything changed for me. Everything. And that was already 10 years ago. My God. 10. Ten years <laughs> since Ric Flair retired officially. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. We can do a whole other podcast on uh on his post retirement uh, uh, shenanigans. I, I, I held that against him for a long time. Then you know, I, I got to you know interact with people that have been around like as long as he has. Like you know what? It's hard to let go, and I get it. Right. Well, I think that even <clears throat> even he would admit that he shouldn't have... I think he even has talked about how yeah, that was not a good once. idea. Yeah. Yeah, aside from the Jay Lethal stuff, I think he really liked that, which was... which is funny. So... Dude, the fact that Jay Lethal has done what he's done, even since leaving TNA, 
shows how versatile and how awesome Jimmy Fallon is. But anyway, we're going we're, we're, we're going off into the weeds again. Um, yeah, it's it's think about it, they do five if you count two or five live six first run hours of TV each week. So fifty two times six, what is that? That's twelve. That's three hundred and three hundred and twelve hours per year of first run distinct different episodes of television well and and nobody does that like there's no other not not just wrestling like there's no other tv show there's no like that's doing especially with as many live hours as wwe does like it's really unprecedented what they're what they're doing on a weekly basis if if you put in the hours on tv plus the hours they're going over the matches in their head just for tv Planning things out, mapping things out, storyline, storyboard, things like that. It's it, it's no different than a movie, except the movie ends at some point. Right. The movie wraps production. They put it in the can. It's in the studio. Okay, make 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 it pretty. WWE has to make it pretty right on the spot. They have to do it right now. Right. And it's so funny. I, I'm doing. I'm making the hands up like I'm actually on video. I'm not, but I, I'm talking like I'm on talk wrestling because this is so. It's true. They they just. The guys and the producers, they're just how they are still standing at the end of each year, at the end of each WrestleMania. Just It's it's, it's one of those things where they, you know, like, like I said earlier, they, they had the cigarette and towel moment. It's like, okay, well, now we got Raw tomorrow. Raw Dramania, biggest show of the year. <laughs> on, on to the next year. It's like, like, there's no, there's no, okay, we had Mania, Mania was good, and let's, let's take it. No, right out to the next day. And now it's becoming, <coughs> excuse me, now it's becoming even more than just that because now it's like if they continue kind of the pattern they've been going in uh, year to year now after WrestleMania, you know, we, we got accustomed to, you know, WrestleMania, then the Raw after WrestleMania. Now it's WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania, and the SmackDown after WrestleMania is like the thing in 205 Live is what closes out the weekend. But now it's on top of that the next week is as big as the week before because it's the it's the superstar shakeup week so i mean i can't because that's that's the thing that's a really good point that you bring up jeff because for most people they play in the super bowl or they play in the world series and then they have an off season and they get a time they get a chance to reset and i'm not saying that i want that in wrestling because i i love wrestling and i like watching it every week but and I, and I also love the Raw after my favorite show of the year is the Raw after WrestleMania every year. Like as far as like going to something live, I always try to get there if I'm in town for WrestleMania. And now the Superstar Shakeup, but it's just really crazy to think that they just they basically play in the World Series and they they have the you know the they put it all on the line for that one big performance you know in front of the biggest audience that they're going to have all year. And then it's literally like you probably walk through that curtain and then you're probably, you're probably told, Hey, good job. Uh, here's, you know, what you're getting paid for tonight. And here's the plans for tomorrow and the next week and the week after. And then you're, I mean, you're just right back in it. That's really crazy to think about. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's like going from winning the Stanley Cup to starting free training. Right. There's no breath. Ugh, it's wild. I can't even. I, I can't even fathom. I thought about. Like, I did the whole indie thing. I managed on the. I you know did promoting it. It's like I cannot imagine fifty-two weeks 
just go, go, go. The fact about it's it's funny you mentioned the, the whole build of WrestleMania and Superstar Week. Aaron has said the last two weeks, you know, because our shows have gone overtime. They've gone over the 45. We're trying to go, oh, you know, now everything's done. We'll go back to normal. It's like, okay, we'll go back to normal after two weeks of abnormalcy because WWE has their abnormal week of craziness. Two weeks of craziness now. WWE realizes, but the fans don't because they don't. A lot of them do now. A lot of people have podcasts and shows, but the people that don't do it, they don't realize how WrestleMania impacts the lives of professional wrestling people, period. Not just WWE people. Not just people that are at WrestleMania weekend to wrestle. The people that go to the shows are impacted because they take a week out of their lives to go fly to wherever the hell they're going to be, and they, they carve a week out of their but One week a year. Every year, some of these people. They take the time off work, they take the time off school. It's like, I'm going to fill in the city here, and I'm going to be gone. They dedicate a week of their lives to figure that. You only get 52 weeks a year, and one of those weeks is spent right off the top of that because you know WrestleMania is going to be in New Jersey next year. So people already know, okay, I'm taking the week off, and the week, the week before and the week after off, I'm going to spend, you know, two and a half weeks in Jersey. And it's March. It's going to be cold. April, it's going to be cold. I need, I, I need, I need more clothes. I need, I need outside. They just, the wheels just stop turning for wrestling fans, for wrestling people. They just don't. And, you know, for Aaron to say, we'll go back to normal, it's like, what's normal? Oh, sorry, Jeff, you cut out there for just a second. Um, what, 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 I, what, what I was saying was, you know, Aaron you know, talks about, you know, we'll go back to normal now, now that we're done with WrestleMania and the Superstar Shakeup. It's like, what's normal? Normal is a relative term. And if you're involved in any way, shape, or form of this business, there is no quote normal. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred um. percent. And, and, and you know, it's it, I, 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 I go back to Bobby Heenan's Hall of Fame speech. He said he'd been in the business since he was seven, since he was uh, ten years old, or whatever, whatever age he was. He said because the moment you're hooked on that show, you're in the business, whether you want to or not. It's like from from that standpoint, I've been in the business for twenty. Seven years. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I see what you're saying, and I actually agree with you there because even for someone like myself, that's a great point. Who, you know, I work super loosely with like some small companies, just just from like a promotional standpoint, just because I have like a reach, a reach with my podcast and with my social media and stuff. But I've always, I've always felt an obligation to make time out of whatever I'm doing to be a part of pro wrestling. Even like you said, since I was a kid, you know, I've probably been watching this stuff for, I mean, I, I turned 30 in May. So, I mean, probably around 25 years, you know, my, my first, my first real feud that I really remember vividly, like really remember watching and really remember, you know, it's sucking me into wrestling. It's funny. And I've probably mentioned to you before, and I've talked about it on my show, but only because it's ironic because it's like, it's, universally panned is one of the worst storylines ever, but Hulk Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom and WCW is what got me as a kid. I mean, you know, like to me it was it was it was Hulk Hogan as a superhero and the super villains of the Taskmaster. I thought the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan was the you know, it, for years I thought that he was like 
a Ric Flair level heel. You know what I mean? Like I always thought that he was like the top guy because when I started watching wrestling, the biggest villain was Kevin Sullivan. And then he brought in the giant and, and all these other guys that I didn't know from WWF. I just knew them as Kevin Sullivan's uh, dungeon of doom. And Dusty, <laughs> whenever I talk to Dusty, he always, even they were friends for years. He always called Kevin the devil. <laughs> right. Always, always. <laughs> so, you know, that was, that's what, saw, that's what, you know, got me into it. And that was, you know, I think like 1994, 1995. So luckily for me, I was a kid and already invested in pro wrestling for a year or two when the NWO angle happened. And then, you know, with that happening, it all blew up to where I, I became obsessed and, and it was cool because all of my friends got into it at that time too. And, you know, most of them have fallen off since then, but you know, this long where people like us, even if you're not directly involved in the business and a lot of people that are going to listen to this show are in the same boat as us. Like we, we take out a lot of time. We, we, we make sacrifices ourselves in our social lives just to stay up to date with what's going on in wrestling. So Give you a great example. I I had gone back to do my Rocky Horror thing the last two or three months, and I was mapping out the paper. I said, "Okay, I had to be home Saturday because we're gonna watch Takeover." It's like, wait a minute, you can watch on demand. Well, now you gonna watch it live? Yes, but no, I can't. I have to watch it now. And I had people, well, you can watch it later. No, I can't. And I sat back. I, I didn't go to Rocky. I've been Rocky in about three weeks now. It's like I didn't go because I wanted to make sure I caught what happened. Right. A hundred percent. Oh, you know what? I wanted to mention before I forget, because you uh, you brought up Linda McMahon earlier, uh, talking about your story at the uh, at the Walk, uh, Walk of Fame. Um, <clears throat> this is just kind of funny. So at New Orleans, um, at the Superdome for WrestleMania, I actually wound up sitting uh, next to Colin, who I don't know if you're familiar with Kayfabe News, but um, he's the guy who writes for. He's the guy who writes Kayfabe News. Is the guy. Yeah. And um, it was just like a friend of a friend kind of thing where he saw that I was selling an extra ticket because we had three people coming and one of one of the three of us uh, fell off last minute. So I was looking to sell my ticket. Um, we have some mutual friends. One thing leads to another. He winds up getting the seat, which was perfect because he's a super cool dude, had an awesome time. So shout out to Colin and Kayfabe News because their stuff's hilarious. Um, but believe it or not, man, so like we – we strategically bought seats uh, at the on the last row of our section so that I could stand up and stuff because I, I don't I get kind of cramped and claustrophobic just sitting in small chairs for long amounts of time. I like to be able to stand and you know yeah. So we got the last row of seats, um, and we knew they were going to be good because they were like right on the stairs. So like we could stretch our we could stretch our legs. We had no obstructed view. It was great. But right behind me, about not even ten feet away. And I didn't know this when I got the seat, of course. The box seats were right behind us. And 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 Linda McMahon watched the entire show from about maybe five, ten feet away from me. And and she was hanging over the uh like kind of that barricade there for her box while she's watching the show because she's she's invested in it like the rest of us. Like she was really watching the show with with her uh confidants or friends or whoever was in that box with her. And uh-huh. <laughs> and she had the script for WrestleMania on paper in her hand, like five feet away from me. And it was like the, the hardest thing in the history of the world 
to not try to grab that or get a sneak peek of that and just nice. know, like, I have WrestleMania in my hands before it happens, guys. Like, but it was really crazy because, like, she was really interactive like with, like, the fans around her, too, because people realized she was sitting back there and she was, like, you know, laughing with everyone else when stuff was happening. Like, she was she was enjoying the show and she sat there. Up until the main event, I think she I think she disappeared around the time that Brock and Roman started probably to start doing stuff backstage or whatever. But I thought that was really cool because she was a really, really, really cool woman to the fans around her. She is. She, it's funny, you know. I I think uh, I forget who said it now. That awful. <sighs> Somebody in the Hall of Fame inductions, you know, said you know said you know Linda, you, you're you're the real first lady of wrestling because we got we got called. Elizabeth or Missy Hyatt, for like, Linda McMahon is a class act, period, end of sentence, put it in the books, she is the classiest lady I've ever met in wrestling, period. That's a, that's a big nod coming from you who's been around for a very long time and has seen a lot of people come and go in wrestling, so. Hey, I've been very fortunate, I haven't been a whole lot of, um, mean-spirited, dark, you know, trashy women. They, they, they all are class acts. Right. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, man, because I figured we'd go about another 10 minutes or so, if that's good with you. I'm good. I, I literally have two hours before I go live, so you're good. Oh, nice. Good deal. Unfortunately, I do have something coming up in about 40 minutes. I know you do. <laughs> yeah, but, but honestly, I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's something that isn't... It, it, something that doesn't suck. It's just something that... Uh, to be transparent, basically, I, I work with a MMA uh, YouTube channel now. I've been doing it since January, and um, they do a weekly news show, and they usually run at noon central time, but sometimes that fluctuates. Like Sometimes it's like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, um, so I didn't get the word that it was going to be at, at noon until like really late last night, so that's the only reason that we had to kind of shift this time around today. Um Yes, and it was all good on my end as well, so no worries there. Um, but the question I had for you is, it's related to the superstar shakeup because once again, that's kind of the the big thing that's that's happened lately in WWE. And what do you think about the new Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre uh, team or whatever's going on with the two of them on Raw now? Undecided, because I want it so bad to work for both of them. And I, I mentioned I mentioned Dolph yesterday on the Dirty Q review, and I'll, I'll plug that again at the end. Um, Dolph needs something, because he has been spinning his wheels for five years. He cashed the money in the bank. He had the big moment, the, huge, the biggest pop I've ever heard on a televised broadcast of Monday Night Raw that I've watched live on TV. Live being live person, whole other, whole other chain of events, but live that I've watched on TV, I've never heard a crowd pop like that in my life. And what has he done since? Two words. Jack and another word I... Well, you can I say it. Earlier. You can say it. Jack and shit, Jack and shit. <laughs> He's done nothing. And they had all this... Yeah, he had the title, the storyline with Miz, but nothing really mega... No mega moment. Then you have Drew McIntyre, who left the WWE with no creative anything when he left. Went to TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call it, this particular moment in time, because they change your name every five minutes. <laughs> um, became a big 
big star, became their world champion, and then came back and was in NXT and had a, it had a decent run. The problem is, I think they called him up too soon. Would you like? I think he, I, I think he needed to go back and feud with Almas and maybe regain the title or maybe have an extended feud with whoever was champion after uh, New Orleans and really, because he even mentioned on uh, pre-show he was going to go after whoever was champion after he feuded with Almas and neither one of those things is going to happen now because he's on the main roster. So it's like, I'm wondering how early they made the decision to have him be called up because he was all over the pre-show talking about, well, you know, I, I have done this with Almas and whoever's champion, I got, you know, I got the next. And it's like, okay, now we got nothing. So, I, I, I personally would have liked to see Drew get a little bit more seasoning on the steak before throwing it, you know, throwing it on the plate. Sure, and another thing worth mentioning is he was a babyface on NXT and just with no explanation has, has made the turn and aligned himself with Dolph. So, it's kind of, it did come out of nowhere. Completely out of nowhere. It did, and I, 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 I fear for their long-term existence as a team and as a main roster uh unit well what do you think about and i don't know if you should call him your boy i know he's your boy's boy what do you think about baron corbin's move to raw he's my boy i I got no problem with that i again i'm hopeful i i personally think that they've dropped the ball not him because he is talented and yes his promos are dry Yes, he needs work on delivery on the microphone, but you know what? The guy is tough as nails. He's intense as hell, and I think with the right tweaking of the character, very small. Don't don't go ape shit. You know, tweak him all over the place. Just little tweaks here and there. I think he could be something special, and I think that hopefully he'll get the chance. I I I very much believe he's going to be lost in the mid card shuffle of hell, but I hope I'm wrong. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, I, uh, I, I agree with you. You know, I think that, and I agree on like multiple levels. Like as far as you know, Corbin's a tough guy. Um, he's talented. Um, and he could very easily he could get lost in the shuffle. But I think a, I think a kind of a positive there with the raw roster, kind of what we talked about earlier, is it feels like they took a lot of mid carters and put them on raw. So it's like, maybe we'll actually see kind of who rises to the top of, of that, of that crop guys. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's going to be a bunch of these mid carters there and it's like, okay guys, we're always talking about this brass ring. Well, here's 10 of you right in front of us that we all think has a chance to grab it. Go grab it. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and that also, uh, carries over to SmackDown. Because we saw, you know, big, big cast over on SmackDown immediately, you know, in some sort of program with Daniel Bryan. Um, do you think that that's another thing where, like, we're going to see a giant push for big cast? Or do you think maybe, maybe cast is aligned with Daniel Bryan, maybe? Like, because I think maybe that would make sense. Like, what do you think about all that, too? I think Cass's destiny was completely dependent on him staying healthy and Enzo. And both those things were gone in a flash. And I think that coming back, he was going to be with Enzo probably, if Enzo had kept his nose clean, amongst other things he was, wasn't keeping clean. Um, and now he's kind of like, they're kind of in, so they move into SmackDown. They give him a fresh start on a new brand. He hasn't been on SmackDown yet. So maybe we'll, we'll, we will see uh, 
we'll see him do good things on SmackDown. I hope for Kevin. I like Cass. I, I like I liked Cass way more than I like Enzo. And even when he was still doing the goofy stuff in the tag team, I saw Cass's potential as a solid, you know, diesel like Kevin Nash to uh, Enzo Shawn Michaels. I'm not saying Enzo Shawn Michaels. Let's make that clear right now. <laughs> of course. But um, but uh, you know, they had that dynamic. I think that Enzo can break out and be that solid, you know, charismatic big man if they let him be. Um, random question I got for you regarding Wrestle WrestleMania weekend. What was your favorite match of WrestleMania weekend? Of like any company, anything that you watched, what was your favorite match of the weekend? Well, I only watched WWE. Let me make that rough about. I only watched WWE stuff because there's just, there was so much going on. I didn't have a chance to watch everything. Sure. But um, my favorite match that I watched was definitely Gargano and Chavo. Okay, I like that choice. I was I was there live at NXT uh, Takeover, and that show was that was my favorite show of the weekend. And I, I've caught up on most of the big stuff that happened. And there's some stuff that I wish I could have been at. And of course, the biggest decision for the weekend for me was uh, doing NXT over Ring of Honor because, as as everyone knows, I'm a, I'm a huge mark for Cody Rhodes, and I really wanted to see Cody versus Kenny live, but um. The logistically speaking, it made it was easier for me to do NXT, and um, and I don't, I, I absolutely don't uh, regret the decision because not only right. do I think that Champa versus Gargano was one of the best matches of the weekend, if not the best match, my favorite match was uh, was the ladder match at the beginning of the show, um, yeah. and and it's like it's like either way, like those are two. And they were, they were both rated five stars by Dave Belter, which never happens on the same show. So, yeah, especially WWE. Let's make that clear. All. Um, let me ask you this: because you were you were there for both the shows for for the live WWE shows. Yes. Did 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 both shows not feel like they were more important start to finish? Every match meant something as opposed to previous years, where yeah, we got this match here, and this is good, but this is kind of filler. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. Yeah, between uh, so I did NXT. I was actually in the Smoothie King Center during the Hall of Fame, but I wasn't in a seat. I was with one of my friends who's a a, a Pelicans broadcaster for the NBA there. But oh, nice. okay. but I wasn't in the crowd. Um, and I'm actually kind of glad I wasn't because and this isn't to knock the Hall of Fame. You know, I love everyone involved, but it's too long. The the speeches are just too long. It's it's too long for me to sit in a chair and have to pay, you know, that top dollar for. For beer and food while I'm sitting there for so long. I just I just can't yeah, do it. Yeah, um yeah. but I did attend uh NXT WrestleMania and Raw all live, you know, in the crowd. And I'll say <coughs> excuse me, I'll say that NXT, um, I think top to bottom was the best show of the weekend. Um I think what like I said, the two best matches of the weekend for any company, uh looking at everything that happened that weekend were um, the six-man ladder match for the North American Championship, as well as uh, Gargano and Champa, but I'll also say WrestleMania being seven hours—that's too long for me. That's too long for anybody. But I will say that it actually did not seem like it was seven hours. It didn't drag when I was there live. I, I really was surprised, like at the pacing of the show. It it really um, it, because of that because everything did feel like it meant something. Yep. Um. Well, I mean, think about it this way. Usually the Andre the Giant Memorial is kind of a throwaway. It's like, okay, we're, we're going to get this guy to win, but we're not going to do anything with him. They advanced 
Bray Wyatt in the tray. Oh my goodness. Yes. They actually had Bray Wyatt help Matt Hardy in a legend with tag team. Holy crap, they actually went from a storyline after the Andrew Giant Battle Royal. That never happened, and it did this year, so that was cool. You know, the, the Women's Battle Royal, it was what it was, and we'll see how they play it out later. But, you know, it was, it, it was, it was interesting to see it. Yeah. I hated the ending of that women's battle royal, though. I'll be I, honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so over the the crawl under the ropes and come in to win thing, or or come in and like tease the win, like Santino and all that stuff. But like, uh, what I what I will say, and I've said it on my podcast before, but I feel like I need to reiterate: there needs to be some sort of stipulation in place for battle royals and for royal rumbles, where if you if you go between the ropes, under the ropes, whatever, you don't go over the top rope, but you're on the outside, why is there not, like, a 10 count or something, like any other match, yep. where you have to get yep. back in the ring? You know? Well, be, well because then you can have Kofi Kingston using the chairs of poker so to get back in the ring. <laughs> right. That's why. That's right. exactly why. I know, but but you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, even for, like, the Royal Rumble when... Like Heath Slater comes down, for instance, and gets beat up before he can even get in, or, or Curtis Axel, an even better example, never even makes it into the match. He's um, still in that match. He's still he's in that match. Axel Mania is still running wild, Axel brother. Still running, <laughs> but there needs to be something in place for like, if you're not in the ring by the time the next entrant gets in the ring, you're eliminated. Like there, like you know, because it just because otherwise, like to me, and this is just me, and of course, like I can see past this stuff because. I'm a pro wrestling fan and I get it, but how many casual fans do you think, you know, probably tune in for the Royal Rumble because like a friend is watching it or they used to like wrestling and the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania are really the only things that they really pay attention to. And then they see that and they're like, why doesn't everybody just roll under the ring and just wait? Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I remember not shining one when Savage cost Warrior the title against Slaughter and then he bailed. Right. And- <laughs> number 18 came up, nobody was there. So by the time 19 came out, Gorilla even said, well, okay, I, I guess 18's dead, whoever it is. Exactly. So, uh, we, we didn't know until number 30 came out, that it was Savage, of course, but it's like, you know, it's, you know, everybody knew that 18 was out, because 19 came in, there was no 18, so he's eliminated, it's as simple as that. So, yeah, I'm with you on that, man. But I will say, the, uh, the Andre Battle Royal, uh, the end of that match got a really big pop from the crowd. Like I don't know if it yeah. came if it came through yeah. on on no, TV or not. Um, that was really good to see. Although I would like to see Bray Wyatt like make much more of like a transformation, like as far as his look goes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's he's yeah, it's so funny. I, I I'm so critical of stuff I can be critical of. His beard sweats. <laughs> right. It's it's creepy and it's gross. <laughs> it's got to be so uncomfortable. Like I'm a guy who has facial hair. Like I I've been rocking a beard yeah. for years, but like I can't even imagine how uncomfortable that has to be on a daily basis. Dude, I hate Stanley Cup playoffs. I have to grow that beard. It's like I I, I love my kings, but I'm so glad I, <laughs> I can shave again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think i I'll probably I'll probably uh, not shave throughout the playoffs too. I got my my predators in there uh, looking pretty good right now. They, Yeah, hope so. Um, I I am fresh on that Vegas bandwagon, boy. I'll tell you what. That is unreal what they've been able to do. Really, really it's, crazy. It's, it's ridiculous what they're doing in Vegas with the hockey team. It's, it's like 
a year ago, it was just a, a freaking, oh, okay, they're going to be the next Ducks, and here they are. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, you know, for so long, and I know, like, you know, there's other factors that have to do with it, you know, like the gambling and, and the tourism and that kind of stuff that, you know, people thought that this would never be a success, having a, a professional sports team in Vegas, and look how look at what's happening. It's unreal. Yeah, and now the Raiders are going there, so, you know, it, it, Vegas is going to be the, 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 the toast of the sports world more than just boxing and MMA. Right, 100%. Well, Jeff, man, this is, uh, I wish we could talk longer. You know, I, I like to talk as much as I can with you, man, but I do have, I'm getting the, uh, I'm getting the go home cue from the, uh, from the other, the other, uh, big boss, I guess you'd say. Um, (laughs) so, um, Jeff, please let everybody know once again, where to find all your stuff, uh, plug any social media, anything you got going on, man. Well, um, if you're listening to this before 11, 3 a.m. Pacific time, which I don't know what time you're doing, Steve. Uh, Turning to Talk Wrestling live today at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern. Um, we'll be talking about the legacy of Bruno San Martino. I wasn't. It's just me. The legacy of Bruno San Martino and previewing the Grand Slam Rumble event coming up next Friday. Next Friday? Like, that's already here. Yeah, and there's so many questions that I have about that. Maybe we can get – maybe we can do this again before then if, if we both have the time because I I just – I don't know – what to expect out of this. I don't know if there's a prize involved with the winner. Uh, I mean, it looks like there this could... There is a trophy. There is a trophy. There's a trophy, yeah. But there should be... I mean, if the if the 30-man Royal Rumble gets you a title shot at the biggest show of the year, what... You know, I feel like a 50-man Royal Rumble should get you something bigger than just a trophy. There's a very bad joke in there somewhere. I'm going to leave alone until the next time I'm here. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward... I'm by. I'm looking forward to hearing that. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, and Hey, that's the show that Roman Reigns might finally take down Brock Lesnar, which is something that nobody seems to want. Or, I mean, the the whole thing is we could have talked about that WrestleMania main event for, for this whole show just alone, because I'll tell you firsthand, so many people left during that. I don't know if the cameras caught that, but people were literally leaving their seats and leaving the building before that match even started. And then most of the crowd was more invested in the beach balls in the crowd than the actual match. It was like, it was bizarre being there live for that. I can only imagine. It's, I, I haven't been a part of something like that, thankfully. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and what, sorry, what, what else you got, when, what else you got going on, Jeff, aside from, uh, uh, just, uh, just, uh, talk wrestling's back, hopefully for, for good, uh, every week on Fridays, and, uh, the No DQ review will be up every week talking about the weekend WWE television. And uh, stay tuned to NoDQ.com and YouTube.com slash Jeff Meacham also for anything uh, anything related to me. Awesome. And like you, like Jeff saying, you know, if you don't hear this before it airs live, uh, Talk Wrestling, which it probably won't just because it's going to be tough for me to get it up by then, um, get the podcast up by then. But uh, make sure to check out uh, Talk Wrestling on YouTube, even if you don't catch it live, because you can obviously watch the replays on YouTube as well. So don't feel like you're totally missing out on the show if you can't if you can't check it out live because you might not have heard this podcast by then so no and, and you know what the good thing about youtube is is that it's live and it posts live there's no editing involved in the posting it just goes up and it is what it is so whatever you miss you'll you'll, you'll catch my reactions anyway <laughs> awesome well good deal jeff i appreciate you coming on the show again today brother um and like i said well, i'll talk to you uh here shortly about seeing if i can get you on again uh, before that Greatest Royal Rumble event. Sounds great, Steve. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, see you, Jeff. All right, bye-bye. 
All right. Thank you once again to Jeff Meacham for coming on the show today, and thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast by whatever means you listen. So if you listen on iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, Podbean, wherever else, if there's a way to subscribe, please subscribe to the podcast and please leave a five-star rating and a review. That helps the podcast out so much. Basically, that just allows other people to find the podcast easier and it's free to do and it takes like three seconds. So please help out the show by just jumping on and give me a good rating, a good review. And it, like I said, it just helps support the podcast in a super easy way. Also, please make sure to follow me on Twitter at fighttalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. My Facebook group is Fight Talk Podcast. And my Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash fighttalk underscore. Um, my written articles for pro wrestling are at the Daily DDT. So that's dailyddt.com. That's a part of fansided.com. I write about pro wrestling a couple times a week, so please check those articles out. I have articles available for mixed martial arts at mmaonpoint.com, so please check those out as well. My merchandise is available at What a Maneuver. That is whatamaneuver.net. Whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, whatever you can think of. It's available. A couple different designs for you. And any money I make on that website goes directly right back into helping this podcast. So essentially, it helps me get better equipment. For instance, I have an upgraded microphone now because of help from listeners like you. And I also have a little extra money in my pocket to get to some of these shows because I like to travel, you know, if it's possible, to some of these shows in the surrounding areas. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. So when there's shows in Chattanooga, for instance, or something big in Atlanta or the St. Louis area, or, you know, I went to Orlando last year for WrestleMania, went to New Orleans this year for WrestleMania. And, you know, of course, the podcast doesn't fund all of these trips. And that's not what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is it gives me a little extra to go and make this stuff happen. Because when I go, I'm also creating content for the podcast. So essentially, you're just helping me out. And it also, it just grows the show. So please, if you go on whatamaneuver.net and you get any podcast, Fight Talk podcast merchandise, I should say, uh, I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much for supporting the show. And thank you very much for supporting just by listening. By no means do I want anyone to feel obligated to buy anything or to donate to this uh, to this show or, or anything like that. Do not do not feel obligated. But I want you to know that any, any help is... Greatly, greatly appreciated. So speaking of great help that's much appreciated, I want to say one last thank you today to my sponsors, Heroes and Legends. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling. Make sure to jump on WrestleRumble.com and join the Pick'em Contest for the Greatest Royal Rumble. And also make sure to follow Brian Jensen on Instagram at Atlanta Boxing Coach and get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. This has been Steven Jensen once again. You were listening to the Fight Talk podcast. Thank you very much. I am not sure what next uh, what the next episode is going to be. Don't know if, don't know uh, if it'll be pro wrestling or MMA related, but either way, I'll be back soon.